Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Skinny Michal and the Cave of Machpelah by Ralph E. Hendricks. I felt a shiver in spite of my warm pajamas. Mother was sitting on the edge of my bed asking if I would help father explore a cave. A cave? One in the desert? I asked. I had heard a lot about caves in the wilderness, like those where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. No, Michal. She paused for a second. In confusion, I sat up, the bedclothes swirling around me. I could tell this was going to be an important cave by the way Mother paused. Father says it's the cave of Machpelah. Machpelah! That's where Abraham and Sarah were buried, I fairly shouted. I had learned in school of how Abraham buried his wife, Sarah, in the cave he bought from Ephron the Hittite. Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Rebekah, Jacob, and Leah, all those famous men and women were buried there, and they were asking me, Michal, to explore the cave. They've tried grown-ups, Mother continued, but they're all too big. Father thought you would be perfect. She kissed me goodnight and turned off the lights. I lay in the dark, imagining the cave. Just think, me, skinny little me, the one the kids always tease and call names. Finally, I fell asleep. Father woke me hours later. It was still dark. He leaned over me. You're not scared, are you? He asked. Ghosts? Spirits? I shook my head no. Maybe they will come and whisk my skinny little girl away, he teased and gave me a hug. But this teasing was different. We both knew that I didn't have to be embarrassed about my size anymore. Because I was skinny, I could do what no one else could. I could enter the cave of Machpelah. I giggled and said, Father, you know there are no such things as ghosts. Show me one, and then maybe I'll be afraid. His face got serious. No, my little Michal, there will be no ghosts, but it might be dangerous. No archaeologist has ever been in the cave, and no Jew has been inside in 700 years. We're not sure what's inside. You don't have to go in if you don't want to. He looked into my eyes. I looked back. Father, I'm not a little girl anymore. I'm 12 years old. I can do it. I quickly dressed, piled into the back seat of the car, and bundled up in a blanket. It was very cold. I paused a moment to remember the day, Wednesday, October 9, 1968, a day I would remember the rest of my life, the day I would enter the cave of Machpelah. It didn't take us long to reach Hebron. The car stopped at some old buildings, and I got out, still wrapped in the blanket because of the cool night air. As I walked with Father into the mosque, I felt a little awed. Me, a Jew, and a girl at that, in an Arab mosque. But once I got inside, I could see that the place was filled with soldiers, both men and women, all moving about on what looked to be very important business. I wasn't the only one out of place. A young man approached Father, and I could tell from his looks that he was talking about me. But I was more interested in the beautiful red and white marble walls, gold writing, and huge arches over magnificent pillars. "'But you think you can do it?' I heard someone ask. "'Michal? Michal, answer the general!' I looked at the man before me. He was bent on one knee and had a bald, shiny head and an eye patch tied across his forehead. It was General Moshe Dayan, Israel's Minister of Defense. He spoke again. You're a young one, all right, but you think you can do it? General Dayan reminded me of my grandfather. Yes, sir, General, and I'm not afraid of ghosts or spirits, I blurted. The whole room erupted in laughter. 
I felt my cheeks flush, but he laughed right along with the rest and even put his arm around my shoulders as he led me over to the cave entrance. The hubbub of soldiers had died off now. Everyone was watching us. General Diane patted my shoulder. We have a brave volunteer right here, ready and willing. Not even a few scorpions or snakes would bother her. Isn't that right, Michal? He turned to me. I nodded yes, not sure whether he was joking or not. Maybe there are snakes and scorpions, I thought. By now we were standing by the hole. Those eleven inches looked pretty small. Father stood beside me as General Diane explained what I must do. Someone was tying a rope around me to lower me down. First I was to go down with a flashlight and a candle. If the air was bad, then the candle would flicker out. But if the air was good, I was to take a camera and some paper and take pictures and draw and measure just like a real archaeologist. I stepped into the hole, first my legs, no problem, then my hips and waist. One arm and shoulder disappeared as I wiggled. I felt another shiver run up my spine, but this time it was because I was hanging midair in the darkness of a cave that no one had gone into for years. My shoulders were almost too wide, but if I twisted just so... There! I was inside, swinging by the rope. They handed me the flashlight and candle and lowered me. I landed on a heap of papers and paper money, offerings to the saints. I looked at the candle flame, trying to detect even the smallest of flickers. Rock steady. The air was good. They gave me more rope, and I explored the square room I was in. On the opposite wall, three tombstones flickered in my candlelight. I shined the flashlight on them. The middle, taller one was decorated with Arabic writing. I looked away from the tombstones and continued to explore the cave. Through a small opening in a wall, down a narrow corridor to steps that led up to the ceiling. I retraced my steps, and they pulled me up. I told them all I had seen, and then the real work began. In all, I entered the cave five times during that long night. I measured and mapped out the cave. I photographed the rooms, the tombstones, the corridor, and the stairs. I made sketches, paced distances, noted details, all the time marveling that no one else had ever done this, not even the greatest scholar. It's been years now since that cold October night, and I have thought about it many times. I remember how a skinny little twelve-year-old was the only one who was able to do what needed to be done. I learned that even though I'm not the strongest or the fastest or the smartest person in the world, with God's help I can still be the best person I can be. And I've tried to live like that all these years since I, Skinny Michal, entered the cave of Machpelah. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.